You are now tuned into the Fusebox Radio Broadcast with DJ Fusion and John Judah. Syndicated worldwide to bring real, real black radio back to the masses. All right, everybody, one, two, one, two, what's going on? You're now in tune to another session of the syndicated worldwide Fusebox Radio broadcast. Yes, indeed. Bringing you a slice of what we call 21st Century Black Radio to the masses. Come on. Which is a mix of old and new school music representing the international black diaspora, such as hip-hop, soul, funk, jazz, reggae, house, and more, down, as well down. as news, commentary, and interviews. Yep, yep. For our first show of 2015. Yes, indeed. You got myself, DJ Fusion, on the mix and commentary ends. And on the sides, you got my bro doing the same. Let me have him go ahead and introduce himself. Of course, it's all Rod of God, Patar, Amin Rod. Say peace to you all. One love. Back 2015, what's the deal? Fusion with the scene. Doing good, doing good. Glad to be back in the studio after a extremely needed vacation for the New Year's Eve slash Christmas slash Winter Solstice slash whatever you celebrate period into the new year. So ready to get into the mix to talk about something, throw on some old tunes, some new tunes, and um, all of that good stuff. Um, this year in April will be our official 17th year yes, indeed, of doing the um, Fuse Box Radio broadcast. Um literally just a little under half of my life i've been doing this show so um for everybody who supports via listening through whatever media outlet whether it's your um, favorite fm station internet radio station um, music and cultural website um, podcast or music streamer we deeply deeply appreciate y'all um from any corner of the u.s where we're based to um all over the world thanks to the wonderful growth of um technology and all of that so Yep, definitely fresh and ready to get into it. Turned another year older during break. Um, Got a sweet cold and then got over that sweet cold. So, yeah, man, it's time to um, do something. So, for those who've been listening for a minute by whatever means, again, thank y'all very much. For those who are new, thank y'all very much for going ahead and um, checking us out. If you're new to the show, let me just break down how we do things. At the beginning, we go ahead and um, we do our basic promo spill. Then we get into to talking about various um, news items and stuff that caught our interest on the commentary end. And then both myself and Asal Ra get into the music mixes with um, some interjections here and there, depending from the Black Agenda Report with Glenn Ford and them for editorial. And also the folks over at the Black University Radio Network. Shout out to Lamar Blackman and them. So, yeah, let's go on right ahead and get into that. You can always check out what's going on the Fusebox Radio broadcast family via our official website, which is FuseboxRadioOnline.com. That's F-U-S-E-B-O-X-R-A-D-I-O-O-N-L-I-N-E.com. Our official blog site is BlackRadioIsBack.com, which hopefully by the end of January 2015 will have revamped and moved over to a new podcast, not podcast, but excuse me, to a new website server, new design, and um, all of that cool mm-hmm. stuff. And um, via BlackRadioBack.com, you can find our listing through our Fusebox Radio broadcast affiliates, all the wonderful folks who spread our radio show all over the world. Via the um, Fusebox Radio online site, you can check out older shows, you can check out 
our history, upcoming shows folks are going to be spinning us, spinning at, how to book us, how to submit yep. music, independent or mainstream artists, yep. and um, a whole bunch of other awesome, awesome goodies. So yeah, check us out on the web. And if you um, like connecting on the social networking, um, essentially just about all of our social media joints in with Fusebox Radio. So for example, twitter.com slash Fusebox Radio, instagram.com slash Fusebox Radio, youtube.com slash Fusebox Radio, so forth and so on. Now on Facebook, um, we're trying to get more folks onto our Facebook like page. You can go ahead and join facebook.com slash Fusebox Radio Show in one straight word hit that thumbs up button um besides um radio show updates and what have you we also put up you know news stories of interest different types of music all other types of cool stuff so i'm trying to have folks be a little more interactive with us on that end now facebook.com slash fusebox radio goes to my personal page which honestly because i ain't really too crazy on there i don't mind anybody joining that you're just gonna get a whole bunch of news items and random babbling from me so you know that's cool too and um, yeah, that's about it on that end. Now, if you happen to miss the Fusebox Radio broadcast, um, buy your favorite Nest Station or FM Station, or you just happen to miss, you know, website website uh, update or whatever that day, you can check out not just our most recent show, but about two or three years of archive um, via podcast. So if you dig iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, and more, you can go ahead and um, check out the Fusebox Radio broadcast that way. Or just whatever your favorite uh, music streaming service or um, music RSS feeder of choice. And if you're like, I can't remember any of this crap you're talking about, um, go to your favorite search engine, type in Fusebox Radio Broadcast and our lovely logo and a whole bunch of listings and links should pop up from there. On the upcoming event, and we're just locking down a few events for this um winter 2015 spring 2015 period we'll be giving more exact dates and things for that as time goes by and again you can all check our official website for those um updates and let me see here oh real quick update even though we'll give the exact time frame later we will be dj again at the cultural stage for our folks in the dc metro area at the national cherry blossom festival shout out to that committee for um, asking us to be down for that again so late April, early, I'm sorry, late March, early April. Um, we're locking down the dates when we get that down. We will definitely let y'all know so folks can rock out to some Fusebox radio tunes at the Tidal Basin. We rock at the Pretty Flowers and we rock them at the Cherry Blossoms and they can't stop them. Topping some food and looking at the pretty water and all that good stuff. So, yeah, let me see. I think at the moment that's about it for the basic promo spiel and um during break which you know 2014 was pretty much like hey black people in america we really don't like you (laughs) in multiple ways so i think we kind of even breaked from just even talking about that because it just seemed like almost every week there was something that wanted to inspire rage and like just really pissed off behavior with us have things gotten better in the first two or three weeks in 2015? In some ways they did, and in some ways they did not. But um, man, let's just get some random stories and um, get to talk. I'm kind of, kind of trying to figure out which way I want to go. Maybe we'll start it with some like random cultural stuff, then we'll get to the more um, heavy things and wrap up. I know one of the things we missed out on, and you know, thanks to our listeners who have kept telling us about this, like why didn't y'all talk about this yet? Honestly, you know, again, 2014 was not. 
the best for Black America. So he's kind of like missed out talking on some stuff. Yeah, um, the entire um, current situation that's going on with Zulu Nation, as of late, there seems to be a lot more recruitment of um, artists uh-huh. and stuff going down, um, particularly um, by a Q-tip of a tribe called Quest. And one of the things that has caused him some controversy is um, Q-tip talking about, yo, you know, Little Wayne, we got him down for Zulu Nation. Um, I'm going to put things like this, and this is just my personal opinion. Um, Zulu Nation is a very um, community-based and um, historically respected organization in the realm of hip-hop, and ever since its founding via Africa Bambada mm-hmm. back in NYC back in the day. Um, again, my personal opinion, I think they are one of the few organizations on a local and international level. That are doing their thing to represent hip hop, not just as you know the four elements or whatever, but also in terms of doing work within the various realms of things people live at. Mm-hmm. You know, helping out with the youth, helping out with the elders, education, all other types of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, this being said, doing stuff like not just adding on his like um, Little Wayne, but um, various other music folks that are being recruited as well, including. I know off the top of my head, um, Freddie Gibbs, um, Joey Badass, and some other folks. Um, look, anybody to me, this is a part of me that's still an idealist, even in my 30s, has the potential to grow as a person. Some people had to go through some more hardships than others to grow. I think it's kind of bad to down some people and be there like, you just ain't going to be about A, B, C, D, or E forever. And also, in terms of the realm of artistic expression and what have you, I don't necessarily like putting people in a narrow fit in terms of saying what you can or can't talk about. Because the human experience itself is diverse. Just as, you know, you being able to, you know, grow during different times, it's a possibility. This being said, um, this could be maybe one of the greatest things that has happened to Zulu Nation or the worst, depending on how things flow and function. Um, Little Wayne is an age category for me, you know what I'm saying? And... Looking at how his situation is um, with his um, current label and other types of things, I could definitely see the brother being like, look, I want to grow and expand from beyond just being this dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't necessarily want to be looked at as a clown or whatever in my 40s and um, whatnot with kids and a whole bunch of other types of stuff. And I can see him being in a situation where he's like, this ain't going to help me grow. This can help me grow. You know what I'm saying? And to be able to help out others through this while still being able to talk to them like a regular dude could be immensely important because everybody ain't going to listen to a preacher type of cat all the time. Let's keep it all the way live. Even people who might be part of the choir don't want to hear the preacher all the damn time. This being said, if Little Wayne and these other cats act a fool, the first thing these folks are going to say is that they're part of the nation. And that's going to bring down that organization. Now, Babada is still alive. A lot of them elders are still alive. But when they cross over to the other side or whatever, they're going to have to be strong leadership to maintain so it's just, just not, you know, just the cool click of kids to be with or whatever. And with all the turbulence, public turbulence and more that has been happening within communities lately, particularly in communities of color here and in the states and beyond, um, you don't want to screw this up just so you can say have like a pretty bow on your head and say this cat's on MTV. So that's why I want them to be a part of the nation. Now, could this be political on both sides? Very much so. I'm not naive. This could be a, 
another way for Little Wayne to get out of his uh, cash money contract. This could be a way for Zulu Nation to be like, look, we want more press. And you know what? On both of it is probably going to work. But the intent, I think, is going to be was going to put stuff in a certain place. Like, I've seen some folks get very, very upset about this. I've seen some folks just be kind of like, meh, whatever. And honestly, I'm just on the wait and see thing with this. Um, we can't act like everybody in Zulu Nation is an angel on multiple ends of their life, much less what they make do artistically. And um, again, we can't act like nobody has ever not been able to grow if they decide to grow as a human being. So um, this aggressiveness with bringing on people who are quote unquote names, um, again, if they're attempt good, I think it's going to be for the better. And honestly, unless those cats extremely screwed, like I don't see Bam having to nation go to hell as long as he's still alive. Uh-huh. But um. Yeah, man, we'll see what goes down. I mean, on a public level, this is probably the most I've heard people talk about Zulu Nation in ages. So, if it's pretty good, hey, man, I'm down for it. What you think there, boy? Uh, you know, I think everybody always has different motives for doing different things. You know? I'm kind of like on you. I'm kind of like on you on that in reference to it's like wait to see. But, you know, if intentions are right and um, figures are right on the side of leadership, I think everything is well. Uh, I guess um, it can't just be New Yorkers or Jersey cats. It has, you know, the cats from other places who can add or who can contribute also. So, it, you know, it's what becomes out for the fast, we'll wait to see. Alright? Alright, no doubt, no doubt. Next up for my sports heads. Like what might what has seemed to be the detox of boxing matches might finally go down, and that is the joint between Floyd Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao. 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I said all wrong. Tired. Pardon me. It's, it's been that type of day. Um. Yeah. Both of them welterweight champions. This might be going down. Um. During summertime, they've been going back and forth about contractual things and whatnot. And honestly, to me, I think people have just gotten to the point where they're like, this ain't going to happen, whatever. And both of their heat is dying down, and both of them are getting older. Um, and I, they both have egos, you know what I'm saying? So if it goes down, I mean, I'm curious to see what happens. I think with Mayweather, even some of his most diehard fans are like, look, bro, we already know you're, you know, you're a dope boxer. Regardless of how you may feel about the man and his personal things, and trust me, I am not a fan of Floyd Mayweather on a personal level. Um, the, the man can't box. And his record has shown that, you know, he's about it. As, um, <clears throat> excuse me, did a Pacquiao. And um, with all of this, I think both, both of them just kind of have that we got to resolve this once and for all because, you know, there's only so many, you know, in-between fights where folks are going to be the right to Seriously, y- y'all know what's up. Y'all, y'all got to do this joint right now before we get bored. And you know, we're in the age now where boxing is not what it used to be in terms of grabbing up and taking down. These are literally the marquee guys right now. Oh, God, it feels so weird saying this. It's like 21st century for boxing. Like, he- like people don't even care about heavyweight boxing. Like, more folks will go to a UFC match right now or Bellator or something in the mixed martial arts or whatever. These guys are literally holding. Like major, I'll pay pay money boxing on their shoulders. As somebody who 
you know, had, you know, family, made my stepfather, my uncle, rest in peace, who were like all about that. We got to go, you know, pay this money for this boxing match. And, you know, the old days, like, um, you know, Monday night fights and all that type of stuff. Um, you know, like, that era in the sense is gone yeah, right now. So um, if these guys get together and, you know, the, the ink dries, as of right now, they're saying that, you know, people are most more or less in agreement on um, various stuff. Hey, they're, they're going to get a crap load of money. Like, unless somebody gets, like, some real bad damage, like, they're going to be happily, you know, swimming and squeezing the duck butts for their lives or whatever. I hope it's going to be a good match because after all this hype, the last thing somebody wanted to be had these cats on the name Dragon. I doubt it'll be that way. Um... Who will win, honestly? I don't know. Like I said, this is kind of a grudge match between these two. It could go either or way. And boxing one of those sports where, you know, you run to somebody the wrong way and the fist is coming towards your face. Mm. You know, things go away. Check, check the, you know, God, this is what people are even talking about. This guy, I remember this. Check um, the, the, for people, for the younger folks who might have a YouTube, um, check out Buster Douglas and Mike Tyson. Baddest man in the world. He got hit the wrong way and wasn't prepared. And it was a wreck. So, you know, you never well, know. Well, what I want to say about it is that I'm definitely on for Mayweather's side, and I definitely think Floyd Mayweather comes from the tradition of African-American fighters who brought a little bit of showmanship to, like, the fighting game. And, you know, Floyd is a uh, second generation his father being uh, a fighter also. I just remember hearing a lot of people in the streets saying that uh, Floyd was ducking him. And it just felt weird. And... Disappointing hearing people, you know, black saying that, well, he's ducking back you know, this game is mastered and mastered and perfected by the African American fighter. That's not being true. And Ali's the greatest of all time for a reason. And recognized as such for a reason. You know, so, you know, Floyd is a part of that tradition. Sugar Ray Leonard, um, Marvin. Marvin Hagler, Thomas Hitman, Turns, um, um, and the other great cats that came, Aaron Pryor, and um, a lot of other jokers that came before him in the 70s, uh, Mark Breland, uh, jokers that came in the 70s and 80s, so you know what I'm saying, and um, I was, that was a big thing, and I hope the best for Mayweather, and he, he will pull it out, um, uh, as far as I'm concerned. Good luck to both of them um, for being uh, masters in their, uh, in their art. No doubt, no doubt. Um, as a match, Mayweather might pull it out. I think that'll be the greatest win he'll have. And um, what have you. But um, we'll see. I mean, honestly, it, people have talked so much trash, but I honestly didn't expect for it to happen until I got the news link from ESPN. No the way all this um, nonsense and whatnot was going down. Let me see what else we got going on here. What else we got going on here? Because we're starting it off a little on the light side with said news story. Pardon me, everybody. My laptop is chipping. I'm recording on two computers right now since I'm trying out something new in the studio. On the music historical end, RIP to Noel. Williams, aka King Sporty, um, reggae legend, especially here in the United States, um, Miami Florida reggae pioneer, and also co-writer with Bob Marley, a Buffalo soldier. He was one of the immigrants who came through 
to the Miami area as a part of the um, Jamaica's Trenchtown music scene and um, set up a lot of things in terms of um, labels and um, whatnot in Florida. Um, he started out a DJ producer at Clement Coxon Don's Studio One label in Kitchen to Make Jamaica during the first wave of um, ska music and reggae. And then um, some folks know the Henry Stone label in um, Florida. And um, he helped bring through a lot of things and stuff uh, with that. And um, also, again, co writer for Buffalo Soldier, one of the most known Bob Marley songs of all time. And this is from, you know, a man who put in a whole, whole, whole lot of work. So, from bringing a lot of a major label on the independent reggae scene and whatnot to folks in the masses, especially when he came through on the, excuse me, in the 60s. Uh, big ups and shouts to him and whatnot and um, condolences to his friends, family, and more. Let's see here. Try to keep a little more light because there's a bunch of nonsense going on in the museum. Um, 2015 Oscar nominees, whole bunch of black folks and people of color are mad that it is Alabaster White with the racial makeup of folks who got nominated for just about everything in acting, directing, and more, especially when uh, movies like Selma and stuff came out last year. Am I surprised? No. Honestly, no. Like, I'm not happy about it, but I'm not surprised. I mean, nobody has ever looked at the Oscars and Academy Awards, like, you know what this is? The, the I Love Negro Awards. And it is so unfair that this time around they did not love Negroes. I mean, you know, like, with, it was only been a few years ago where we just got Best Leading Actor and uh, Best Leading Actress. Nominations, much less winners. And then, you know, a vote on Keeper 100 is not dissing the talent of the various male or female actors. But it's been for a lot of movies that aren't necessarily progressive in terms of how they put out black folks. Denzel Washington didn't win an award for Malcolm X. He won for being a crazy-ass cop in Training Day. He got, you know, nominations for folks like, you know, you know, Bless Lupita and all of them. But it's like, so we're on the slave tip to win awards. Even with um, the first hip-hop song. Look, I like my ratchet. I like Three Six Mommy, but should Three Six Mommy have been the first hip hop group ever to have won a Best Original Song? <laughs> Especially for It's Hard Out There for a Pimp. <laughs> Come on, guys. You know what I'm saying? Let's let's keep it real. Like I was one of those people like a hip hop folks won. I was amped about that. You know, again, I, I'm a fan of Three Six, and when I'm in that mood, but I'm like, this is kind of foolish right here. And with the way things went last year and the way the Oscars and the Academy tends to be, when it's like, okay, a few black folks won this time, they gotta have it be the same next year. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So for all this to go down and for like the only movie that really had any type of representation of black people getting nominated is Best Picture for Selma, not for actor, not for actors, not for writing and not for director. And for a song in the soundtrack, which is a good song by Common and John Legend, I, I don't know. I don't know what y'all expect. I don't know what y'all expect. It's like when people get mad at the Grammy nominations right now. There's no real hip hop there, really. 
we still respect that. <laughs> I mean, I would love to see a different spring and change, but guys, come on. Come on, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, I don't know, man. Like, I look at these nominations. I mean, they're movies I've seen, and I think are like pretty on point and good. Like, I like Michael Keaton. Birdman is a crazy movie, so that at E Street Cinema. It was dope. Um, I like Wes Anderson, so I'm sure Grand Budapest Hotel is gonna win something. You know what I'm saying? I saw Gone Girl. That movie is crazy as crap. If you're in a bad relationship, do not see Gone Girl. That's all I'm going to say about it. Cause it's gonna make you paranoid about your partner. The acting was damn good in it, you know, and whatnot. Like even with movies of people who weren't of color, I was like, there was stuff that um didn't get nominated. Um. My man, um, Jake Gyllenhaal, where he was like that crazy dude taking acid. I can't remember the title right now. But that movie was insane. And I'm like, that white dude didn't get nominated? So, I don't know, man. Like, life ain't fair. So, meh. Whatever. Because even on the cartoon, I'm like, the Lego movie ain't getting nominated. There's some crappy animated movie that got nominated, and the Lego movie ain't getting nominated. So, you know, they defecated the bed on this. What uh, let's see, what else culture wise has touched base with the public as of late? Um, people are mad at Jay Z for, I don't think the interview had dropped yet on OWN for the Oprah Wiki Network, where he was essentially kind of trying to say that, you know, hip hop has made more of a cultural impact than certain civil rights stuff in the modern era. Um, let me see here. One of the quotes that a lot of people have gotten on um, his back on is, Racism has been taught in the home. I truly believe racism is taught when we're young. So it's very difficult to teach racism when your kid looks up a Snoop Doggy Dog. Now, hip-hop has done a lot of stuff for people in a lot of ways, ever since its inception, depending on what the definition is, in the early to um, mid-late 70s to the present. What hip-hop has not done has made a lot of race relations on a huge level, though. A lot of black American cultural imports have not done that. There have been mainstream Americans, aka white Americans, who have listened to jazz, blues, rock and roll, funk, all of that to hip-hop, who have been and still are racist as hell. The black person is just an entertainer. They're just a marker of what is cool and what is to follow. That does not mean they're going to go down the street and treat that regular black person like they cool because both y'all listen to the same radio station or go to the same music festival or whatever have you. Now, I would like to see this um old masterclass more in detail because I think, of course, a lot of these um, articles in the plot what sticks out the most to say. But it is at bare minimum a really naive statement just to be like, well, I'm on the billboard top, whatever, so that's going to make a difference. This kid listens to Negroes, so everybody's going to have to love Negroes. No, 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 no. That's not how life has worked. When it does, things will probably be a whole lot better. I mean, look at how everything, especially with how everything has gone within the past year with these issues of um, police brutality, folks bringing up race and class more, protests and all of that. Um, You see a lot of people who probably own the entire Jay-Z discography who are like, I don't like the N-words over there protesting. Or what those N-words make a big deal of. And what have you. So, um, yeah, I, I hope to see um, more of this type of thing. And I also know that Jay-Z is a businessman, so that, that, that brother is beyond saying anything truly controversial. 
I think he's a little too in corporate pockets, which he has the right to be. People do whatever the hell they want with their lives. But um, yeah, man, like with a lot of his statements, he's extremely neutral <laughs> and extremely on the egotistical tip. Which again, that's his line. He has the right to be that way. But um, well, we'll see what goes down with that. Plus, honestly, this is Oprah. This is own. Oprah gonna have no Negro sing if that's gonna really make nobody scared. You know, hard work and stuff helps out, but also not being a scary Negro makes people mad. Let's keep it 100. So, we'll see what's up with that. Um, let me see here. One more cultural thing, we'll get to a few um, political joints and whatnot, and um, get into this week's music list. So many people sent me this story, this stupid story via USA Today, and I had to read it, and I'm like, this is not the Onion, this is not a parody paper. This is what's supposed to be a mainstream media outlet. I'm supposed to take semi-seriously. Essentially, there was this article talking about giving, giving big up to this white guy by, excuse me, the name of Kevin Morris, who there's like, you know what, he has such a hard time putting out books about middle-aged older white men and getting his book published. Isn't that a struggle? Older white men have stories to tell too. <laughs> and um, I think I put it on the Facebook um, official Facebook page. I know it's on my page, and it got it got a whole bunch of commentary or whatever. And um, shouts out to um, Chuck Dragon Black Collins of uh, the Bounce comic. He was the first person who um, had it on his wall, and I was like, "Are you serious?" And um, I'm sitting here and I'm reading it a few times, and I'm like, "So." As a black American woman, am I supposed to feel sorry for this white man who didn't have somebody sweating him to, t- to tell some story about other white men? <laughs> because in America, we have never had white men be able to tell their story. <laughs> they're just so oppressed that nobody's even trying to hear what they're going to say. Much less pay a check to hear what they're going to say. What? <laughs> 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 had to learn to be there like well at first he had to self-publish and then he just happened to meet one of his boys who you know works for you know south park and these other things and now now he's with a bigger label and, and white folk get to tell more of their story hooray and i'm like now god bless the internet there were so many opinion people who just, who just tore into this and whatnot and they were like literally doing like pictorial things of um, a saw ross wham wham joint <laughs> or whatever but I just had to look at this. I'm like, I gotta talk about this because this is like so ridiculous. So I'm just like, so because you weren't as spoiled of a rich white man to tell your story, and you know, you had to whine to somebody who had nerve to publish this nonsense, and you, it had to be taken seriously like a few days before the Martin Luther King holiday. I, I don't got time for your rich white man tears. Oh, out of here. Jesus Christ. You had to do some real work, boo hoo. But yeah, I, I saw that. I was just there, like, yeah, seriously. Yeah, no man didn't hear my story. Might not have no freaking soul, but yeah. yeah I, don't got time for, I don't got time for white man tears, especially rich white man tears. Who they're like, oh, no, nobody wanted to hear my story and pay for it today. But then through my wonderful connection, I was able to get it on a bigger platform. Then. Amazon.com self-publishing. Yeah, shut the Bootstraps. 
Pull yourself. <laughs> that, that, that ain't supposed to be for them, though, but anyway. Pull yourself. <laughs> that, that's going to be propaganda where it's supposed to fall. Equality and crap. Um, let me see here. Um, last cultural joint. Um, something I think that's cool, and um, I saw Ryan talk about this earlier. Um, big up to the folks of Run the Jewels, man. Like, Killer Mike and LP at the age they're at, which is like, you know, the 30s to um, 40s, are probably doing some of the best of most of their contemporaries in independent hip hop right now. No doubt. Like, um, I mean, these cats are doing it up, man. I know they're um, opening at Madison Square Garden for um, Jack White at the end of the month, and that's going to be a, a big major show. They said, they said God. Jack. They, they, they said Jack White asked for it. I'm like, yo, can y'all please open up my show? And I'm like, independent, sign the mass appeal, no major labels, no nothing. They performing on all these late night shows. Uh, we were actually on stage with them last year um, yeah. over in Toronto for North by Northeast um, and whatnot. Um, they've been touring all over the, the, the country and right. um, internationally. And they're at the point where even uh, Marvel Comics, if people know, um, well, if you're new, you don't know, but I'm a relative comic book geek since I was younger to the present. Like, even Marvel Comics was like, yo, we need to ask, like, can we please do this run the, can we please do like a run the Joe's parody cover and whatnot for like, for like their major runs of stuff, including um, the Deadpool series and whatever. And um, I know I linked to it, but like on Birds or some other thing, they show like the, uh, and Rolling Stone or whatever they show it. And I'm just there like, these kids are like, can we please draw our, our major characters, like our Guardians of the Galaxy characters and whatnot, doing this, like, run the jewels, hand signal joint or whatever. And, and the art looks dope, too. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, big up to y'all, man. Like, yeah, for me, success as a creative is being able to live your dream and be able to eat all right while you're fully expressing yourself. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes in the realm of hip-hop, heads forget that, you know, it's not necessarily all about, you know, showing freak bling or fake persona or whatever. Be able to get up in the morning, go to the studio, do all of the type of stuff, and still be able, you know, to have family, to help for your community or whatever while you're doing you. Especially at an age where it's put out there that you're supposed to give up on what you're doing. Yeah. Or after a while, you're supposed to be like, whatever, whatever. These cats have been in for a smooth 20 plus year professionally, each and whatnot. That's what's up, man. So, like, every time I see stories with them, I'm like, that's cool. But they're, they're cool people on top of it as well, so. It's not like me just being a fan and moving. I'm like, you know, I've been acting with both of these cats at various times. And I'm like, there's never no, you know, snobby attitude or sedity attitude or weird old vibe or nothing. So see, and like when I see the performance, they have fun. Sometimes you go to these shows of anybody in the music genre, but sometimes, like for me, I look at, I go to the hip hop doors as of late. And I'm like, sometimes these folks ain't having no fun. These cats are literally like, I'm living the best life ever type of vibe. And I did it like we just get to do us and what people told us that we're crazy as hell, but we can still do it if we made it happen. And you know, that's cool. So um big up to them, man. Like um yeah, I think I do have on the Fusebox radio page. If I don't, I'll put it up there. But I saw them doing that was there like that time. Marvel's like, can we please do this? They're asking these cats to do it. And this is not like no greasy the wheels type of series. So that's cool. But um yeah, that's about it. Plus there's a um, run the jewels three album that's gonna be in recording soon. So um that's what's up. Um, let me see here. Alright, so we started off twenty fifteen on that end of stuff. Twenty fifteen. And um yeah, we gotta get a little Oh. Well one more cultural thing, because this kinda threw me off. NBC's developing an underground railroad series and musical 
with Stevie Wonder. I don't know how the hell to feel about this. <laughs> I don't know. I saw this duo with the Hollywood Reporter, and I'm like, because I have two views. For one, there are so many stories Black America can tell. And while I'm, I think it is needed for us to talk, talk about slavery and other type of things, personally, I think it needs to be more graphic than 12 years of slavery. I think some people visually, for the first time, they're like, well, damn, it was real like that. I'm kind of tired of like, damn near everything being developed, either being, oh, that's one bit I'm going to talk about a little bit, something like Empire, which I'm going to rant about in a hot second, or um, about frequent slavery of civil rights, where it's like, oh, only those three things, there's like nothing in between. Now, these are stories that need to be told, and if it's told properly, it's all good, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'd rather have this than a Bruce reboot. This being said, a musical, I don't need an Underground Railroad musical. I don't need nobody burping in the song while they're escaping mass or whatever, you know what I'm saying? And I, and I like Stevie, but I don't know. I mean, we'll see how this goes down. But when I saw, I think the end musical part messed with me more. Because I'm like, when are you going to burp in the song? I, I don't need to hear any more sad Negro spiritual remixes or whatever. I mean, I hope the best for it. I just when I see Stevie Wonder, who is obviously a great artist, mm-hmm. great conductor of, of energy so that we can hear these um, tones and moves and sounds. But um, uh, Underground Railroad was, was black people escaped in tyranny and terrorism. That was terrorism for having black people. So I don't know. When I think of that, I don't necessarily think of Stevie. You know what I'm saying? Don't get me wrong, I think we had to you know, we, we were involved in song and religion for the sake of belief. Even though a lot of us were involved in that, we weren't necessarily Christians. We just had that in the front. But I think, you know, in that way, Stevie could be good because he could kind of show the, the good side of us in our realm of expression artistically. And uh, from, from that angle. But yeah, I think it actually happened. I think it should have an edge. And there were Negroes, there were a lot of Negroes who were scared to were scared to run. So these were brave black people, fearless and very rugged. You know, similar to modern street people. So I mean, they, they, they just going to need a little bit of edge. But you know, I hope, hopefully, and it's all in D.C. So, you know, ain't a whole lot of real black folk ever came through. It was a prior show, it lasted four episodes. So, and he wasn't the realest of black men. And, and, and so, you know, I hope the best, though. So I hope the best for any African American, and I don't want any African American to hear this because I'm ever putting them down on any level. But at the same time, I just you know, you know, you know, it's a musical, so I guess it's got to be upbeat, and nobody wants to lose something until it's sad. But keep the edge in it, because you know that was our strongest people having escaped um, uh, federally sanctioned terrorism on black people through the form of slavery. Now, like, again, I don't know, miniseries, yeah, it's done right, it can get off. Musical, where are you going to say? And maybe that's my thing. Maybe I'm just not seeing it deep enough. But, I don't know, man. Like, you know, like everything, I hope for the best of it actually develops and stuff, but whatever, whatever. Speaking of musicals, I saw they're trying to do um another revisit of um, The Color Purple on Broadway, and they're trying to have, um, Jennifer Hudson play on Sid Avery, and I'm like, absolutely not. <laughs> um, well, I mean, that, that's 
you whether you like the movie or not, that's a very iconic role. And you know, God bless Jennifer Hudson, she can sing, you know, she's a decent actress, but I don't know if she's gonna be able to get that off a certain way. You know what I mean? And I just look at her and I'm like, absolutely not. That's gonna be hard to do. I mean, who knows? It might be good or whatever, but I saw that through an EUR web and I was there like, yes, straight face, but we'll see. Um, and lastly, on the um, cultural end of Empire on Fox, um, I saw the first episode and um, various people saw me ranting about it on Facebook. I think it is a crappy show. Not necessarily because of stereotypes, because it's a soap opera, so there's going to be broad characterizations and what have you. And all that. When you see the commercial, you pretty much know what it's gonna be about. You know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? You got, you know, my people from Hustle and Flow back in the movie. They're like it's Hustle and Flow, the Elder Years, <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> Run the label, you know, with um Taraji P Henson, you know, Oxy Hill High, you know, alumni such as myself or whatever. And um, what that nigga who always plays like Terrence a sneaky thing, Terrence Howard, and whatnot. But I watched that first episode. I'm like, you know what? If you're going to give me raw stroke characters and stereotypes, this needs to look good and needs to have a basic decent story. And the story is terrible. The acting was terrible. You got my poor girl who actually she was in um American Horror Story Coven, um old girl who played press, I can't think of her. Gabby Sidibay. I've been there looking a hot mess as a secretary. A hot mess. A, a hot mess. Like whoever styled her for that show. I'm like, white folks with American Horror Story series styles her better than y'all did. This is terrible. Or whatever. And you got like 90 million random storylines that ain't make no type of damn sense. Like, you got a gay son. <laughs> who, you literally had a flashback where you threw that brother in the trash. Like, what the hell? You know what I'm saying? You got, you know, the, 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 the stiff looking, um, black, you got the stiff looking brother with, you know, with the white shit. You had little, you know, side dudes, and you know, y'all did your little drug thing back in the day, and you know, there's like some bootleg King Lear nonsense. We trying to decide which son is gonna go and, and take over when you die. Y'all just happen to have ALS, so nobody needs to dump a bite ice bucket on you. So I mean, you got all this other nonsense going on. Your girl was in jail for however long. Y'all fighting. I'm just here like, what? What the hell is this? <laughs> it was a struggle to watch that show. And I'll give most stuff a chance. I'm sitting here like, you know what? I'm gonna do this because I like I like my bit of trashy TV. I like my bit of goofball stuff. Lord knows anybody follows me on Facebook and you see happy mess I watch on Netflix and it's not serious and stuff that's all over the place. But I'm looking at this like, is are black people that desperate for broadcast TV appeal? I mean, we're doing our thing a lot more in the cable realm or whatnot, whatever comedy drama, whatever have you. But when Tyler Perry's the have and have nots has better acting than this joint, there is such a serious problem. And then for a show that's about music, because it's supposed to be you know, about a family and a music industry or whatever, the music was goddamn terrible. Terrible. And with us being in very part of the music industry, we know that parts of it. Yeah, music is terrible, people are terrible, but holy crap. You're trying to have people buy the soundtrack to Empire with this trash that y'all did? Nah, I mean, if it gets better, God bless them. But for, for my personal opinion, screw Empire, yo. Empire can go somewhere. Um, I saw an episode of last night or the night before. And I'm not going to get too deep. I just want to say big up to the, to the performers on there for doing their thing. The performers want to do things, get paid. 
and then you just be, you know, you know, you just be asked out. Like somebody could like, you know, take some cash money. You got like, let's say you have one new job where you get more cash. Oh, you carry a little too much cash, so you have to do something illegal. You might not ever get your cash back. So in other words, he's stepping in on a situation where he knows historically there's been people who could press that button because they knew they could get with away with it because they were on the side of the state or the mm-hmm. side of the police. And it would take a person on the inside to know that goes down. Exactly. Um, the Washington Post, I think, about a month ago, had a really in-depth series um, about it. And yeah, it's wild. It's like, especially like these little like pole type towns or whatever. Folks are like literally run up and like, you know, snatch up your stuff, and you cannot do a damn thing but just be functional and running around. And guess who that happens to the most of? African Americans. Ding, ding, ding. You know what I'm saying? So. So when you hear people saying that in the rap records, that's another person saying it, but who's on their side. Saying it that they will do things that ain't right or it's not provable to make people upset, to be able to make them rap records or protest in the beginning. No doubt, no doubt. And just to show how much money this has brought into like various states and other things, since 2008, thousands of local estate agencies made more than 55,000 seizures of cash and property worth $3 billion. $3 billion. So in other words, that's the way of taking money from black folks and, and, and without. No doubt, and with this too, like they can take your stuff. You know, when you see like police auctions and stuff, and people will sell things, or they'll just sell things on their own or whatever. The agencies that would take stuff would be able to get eighty percent of the proceeds. So you know, imagine that you got like you know you got yourself a your nice new car or whatever, whatever. Somebody's like you look you look too black today or whatever, or too male today or whatever have you. They take your joint. Out of that, like 30 G's, I can get like a what, about 20000 $25,000 from that. That's a, that's a nice little bit of money if, you know, you ain't a billionaire or whatever. So to see folks try to make a difference with that, I think is cool. Also, um, Attorney General Holder is trying to step up the um, statistics being taken in terms of police killing. Because as wild as it seems, especially within the past year, there is no real official record or real official accurate record of police killings in this country of any kind, justified or unjustified. So, you know, you're talking about that, like, you know, a lot louder and whatnot, too. Maybe it's because he just got a few months left, but I'm like, bro, you should have been doing this a long time ago, but I'm glad it's being done. At the very least, with all this craziness, I'm glad somebody's listening and not, you know, totally trying to status quo it up. Now we got to get to a little bit of nonsense. Um, first and foremost, we're going to be getting within the next year or so into another presidential election cycle. And this means all the loonies and crazies are coming out, including us having to use a term that we haven't used since the last election a whole lot, which is politicoons and politicoonery, coons in politics. <laughs> and, you know, Dr. Ben Carson. God bless him for his surgical techniques and everything else. He has made a big difference in that type of realm. He has been a fool on the political end. Um, he's been essentially on the quote-unquote conservative Republican side of things where it's like, bro, you're older than my mom's and you're pushing a whole bunch of weird racial nonsense because you say you're a quote-unquote Christian. But anyway, um, this man is contemplating a bid for a Republican presidential nomination which is already bad enough. You know, following in the realms of like Alan Keyes and that 999 weirdo that last time, and um, whatever have you. Um, 
he held up the Islamic State, the IS, the ISIS militants, for their willingness to die for their conviction at a time where he said many Americans are prepared to give up their own values. So let me get this straight. A whole bunch of religious zealots get popped because they're standing for their own values and apparently quote-unquote real Americans are. One, it is an ignorant and stupid comparison. And secondly, what American values? What American values do you need? Because for a lot of folks who like waving that American value flag around, that means everybody except rich white men can go somewhere. And to uh, do a direct quote from this Republican National Committee luncheon, that he had, um, he quote unquote, we call the courage of militia men during the American Revolution. Talking about what have we got? We got ISIS. They got the wrong philosophy, but are willing to die for what they believe, and we're busily giving away every belief and value for the sake of political correctness. And you know, political correctness is like everybody can see this. Okay, we want to keep keeping that nonsense. Carson said too many Americans have been cowed into silence and urged Republicans to not fear criticism for standing for their own beliefs. It is so important that we be the kind of people who are bold in our expressions. Don't be chicken livers. We don't know that. And um, whatnot. The only benefit about him saying this crazy nonsense is that hopefully his ass will even get to the primaries by the time this goes down. Because, bruh, I mean, everybody can have whatever political belief they want. You know what I'm saying? That's supposed to be a part of this country. Wave the flag, stereotypical, God bless America, trademark, etc., etc. This being said, though, um, you're sending more extreme to some of the most extreme white guys. In politics right now. That's a pretty big extreme the way um, my political system is presently. Like, I, I mean, there's a thing with black Americans sometimes, I think, where they're just trying too hard to belong. No matter what the group is. Like, folks like him and Clarence Thomas, all y'all trying, and like, Don Lemon, like, y'all trying too hard to belong. It'll go even harder than like the white folks are trying to belong with, but they just feel like, we can just use you as a tool right now to to eat and bounce. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And like, when you have like some diehard Republicans looking at you like, what the blankety blank are you talking about, bro? <laughs> you you're on a whole different plane. Uh, so they're like, okay, look, we ain't going that far. We had this crazy meeting and saying he could think he could be a part of our crew while uh, he just cleaned up the wrong for us. So you know, Doctor Ben, yeah, hey, man, you you done great things for surgery and the medical field or whatever, but. And I'm like, can you please go away? <laughs> Some of y'all need to go away. <laughs> you're, you're being embarrassing. And I think this for me personally, being my age range, when I see people actually grew up during like the struggle period era, like segregation was real. Like we look at it, we look like, wow, that's a historical thing. Like, oh, that my mom was in her 60s, medical. They're like, no, that nonsense was real. That was life until like, until most of us were like adults. The half cats who came up in that and they're just trying to spit this, I need to be a strict constitutionalist where that means Negroes are three gifts of man and all that. It's like, what you trying to You know, I'm sorry somebody pushed you in the mud back in the day or, you know, called you darky or whatever, who was black and all that, but you gotta let that trauma go as old as man. And face reality. But I saw that and I was like, oh, bro, do better. Do better, please. Um, let's see here. Oh yeah, I'm gonna get, get into that. Actually, yeah, let's, let's go ahead and do that now. And now we'll talk about these other. I'll talk about this New York thing later on, or we'll just talk about the other thing. We'll wrap it up. Um, 
Um, two big international situations happened um, this past week. Um, both tragedies both handled differently um, by the mainstream media. Um, first off, um, since we are black, we got black folks first. Um, in Nigeria, another um, horrible massacre has occurred where um, Boko Haram, um, a group of um, folks who say there's a lot of murders over there, essentially damn near wiped out a village of over 2,000 people and whatnot. By any definition, an extreme tragedy and act of violence for no reason, men, women, children, all that, literally just wiped out. Even um, with satellite images that you see where the village used to be. You even see like there's a whole bunch of crazy destruction and whatnot. Some folks who are on the ground there are saying like it's some of the most atrocious stuff they've seen they see in the modern era. And why I'm just like this dead bodies and all that. Now some folks have heard of Boko Haram before due to um, the kidnapping of a lot of them young girls from um, schools over there last year. A lot of which still have not been found or scattered all over the place. And um, whatnot. And um in terms of the United States mainstream media, it's been pretty silent about that. It's been pretty silent. Like, actually, the first folks who contacted me about stuff, um, you know, God bless our Facebook folks, um, Twitter folks, and the people who email us that we can talk about. Um, some of our homies from the UK have sent me a um, story about it from um, The Guardian newspaper. And, you know, I saw stuff from Al Jazeera, BBC, and other type of stuff. And I go to look at a lot of our mainstream joints, and you had to dig around for it. You had to dig around for stories. Like it was, it was not front page. It was not even though you just like, damn, that's that's two thousand damn people. Then the course of day to wipe the fuck army, wiped out, and whatnot. And I'm like, oh, you know, sadly, this is not the first time. You know, our mainstream media has shown that they don't care about black folk when they're in the right corner and they're naturally towards the big deal for them. Um, another story happened during the same week where at a um, French um, publication that is known for satire and um, editorial um, Charlie Hebdo had some um, a small group of um, folks who say they're on this one of went through their um, offices and um, killed um, various journalists and cartoonists and that over here in the US, look at the mainstream media, big major news story. I don't like quantifying them, but there were not as many people died and um, whatnot. But this is supposed to be the big cause of celebrity for everybody to back up and um, be a part of. Now, for me, both things are tragedies, but for two completely different reasons. Now, I know there are some folks who are like, you know, need to be like, you know, I am Charlie, just who's her who, or whatever, whatever. And I can't say that. Um, and I'll tell you say why I personally can't say it. I am big for freedom of the press. I am big for freedom of speech. And on both those ends, you run the risk of hurting somebody's feelings or making somebody mad or pissy at you, whatever. I believe it's the right that we all are supposed to have. And to me, for somebody to try to silence you because you have done the wrong way is an act of cowardice and a tragedy. And I'm not for that. So for the sake of somebody trying to silence a voice through the strict realm of violence, I think it is sad. You know what I'm saying? 
This being said, Charlie Hebdo is kind of a, you know, satire paper for assholes. Mm-hmm. And just after doing the research, they they do the South Park tour, but it's like a thousand times harsher. You know what I'm saying? Like they go after everybody, but it's like real, this is going to piss people off type of stuff. And for what it does as a publication, I personally cannot support the publication. This does not mean that you are doing some brave act by running up in a journalist's office during an editorial meeting, guns blazing and what have you, shooting because it is not a proper tactic, even if you believe in, in the realm of violence. It's not going to advance anything militarily. It's not going to advance your cause or make your cause seem like it is worth the while. If anything, as we have seen for people who are already, you know, anti-Muslim, it's going to make them more anti-Muslim. It's going to reinforce certain political leanings and viewpoints that are going to make it even more so. And, you know, most people, regardless of whatever they follow spiritually in their lives, they just want to live their life. The people then want to do a whole bunch of crap. Everybody ain't an extremist. They're going to be like, look, I just want to go forth my door my day. I just pray for it. And, you know, I do whatever else. And for me, with Charlie Hebdo situation, I'm like, it has made things, especially talk to our friends in Europe, uh, personally and otherwise, um, it has made things a thousand times worse for people who are, are not leaning into the far right-wing realm of political thought. Period. You know what I'm saying? Like, this has increased that vibe with people. And I am extremely anti that vibe. And you see these big marches and all that type of stuff. You got people like, I need to buy the latest Charlie Hebdo that, you know, makes fun of the Prophet Muhammad and all this other type of stuff. I'm like, yeah. You're kind of upping the, the jackass ante that you probably already had within yourself. I'm not big on making fun of religion or, or spirituality, personally. I do believe people have the right to, but it's a very dangerous territory. And um, when I look at things like this, I feel that it's more trying to make people hate somebody, regardless of however I feel about said religion or spiritual path. It's pushing more hate than any kind of understanding, than any other kind of, of whatever. And that to me overall is not cool because if it can happen over there, I am not Muslim or whatever. It can happen on any other. We think some jackass in America ain't gonna try that if it looks like it's successful. Like I don't like these, these Negroes talking about um, liberation theology. Let me go to this publication and kill them, and then maybe I can try to silence them. You know what I'm saying? I'm the I'm the type who actually believes if. You need to commit violence to make somebody believe in your cause. Your cause ain't worth a damn. If <laughs> you can't defend them, you know what I'm saying. And I just don't like the hypocrisy of the situation here, where you know America's like number thirty-seven from the press people, so we ain't number one. So I ain't gonna get up that big of a damn high horse, <laughs> whatever about it. But I don't like the hypocrisy of people that like we need to be about freedom of speech when certain news items are talked about here, whether it's within our country or beyond. You're talking about freedom of speech, but you're ignoring the massacre of 2,000 black people in, in a country in Africa, where this is not the first situation this has happened. You know what I mean? I'm not for pushing an agenda that ultimately is going to be for not liking people who don't quote unquote look like you in a Eurocentric viewpoint and um, whatnot. So while I'm big for freedom of, of press and speech, and while I despise anybody who tries to hurt somebody for expressing themselves and whatnot in the way they see fit, I cannot say it's just sweet Charlie. 
I can't do that. I can be like, this is a tragedy because I'm a human being and I have a heart that is happy. But I can't do that and I can't, you know, be on this big press wave where it's like, we all got to fight against so-and-so, so we're not even trying to fight to do real press freedom here in the way it's supposed to be. You know, I'm a black person in the country where I had to take damn Twitter hashtag for folks to be like, oh, Black Lives Matter, hashtag Black Lives Matter. Damn, we see this, we see this a lot on Twitter. Maybe we need to talk about it on the news and then you just talking about it in the first damn place. Instead of you believing that lives here matter, and Lord knows we don't think that black American lives matter here. We, we saw what happened with black Nigerian lives. <laughs> that didn't matter. You know, the, the, the three first folks who died, their lives mattered more than 2,000 black folks died. Their lives mattered more than Michael Brown's last year. It mattered more than Trayvon Martin's death. It mattered more than all these other folks who have died. Uh, and that to me is just something that is um, disgusting. One thing I think is, well, a couple things interesting about this, we won't get too long, we'll continue on, is that um, religion is a very sensitive thing to people. Think about certain artists, rap artists, whatever artists, who stepped away from doing music because of religion. That's a, that's a strong conviction to walk away from money or walk away from something because you believe that because you're an energy or a spirit, don't necessarily have to do too many things to keep yourself wrapped up into matter or into the matrix, but to keep you maybe strengthening your spiritual man, your spiritual self. So when you leave the community, you're not necessarily setting a vow um, by things of anger and hatred or desire. Um, and I say that so when people say things about religion in, in, a, in, a, in a making fun of way, you know, you're, 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 you're messing, you're touching, you're getting at the, uh, really the deeper as, aspects of a person's being. You know what I'm saying? Because that's a strong position. Now, people a lot of times they think about church folk or, 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 or Muslim and Jews who are not necessarily about the business, and so therefore they kind of write off of it as spiritual. But they're really being an afterlife, and that's a mistake to do that. Temples were erected thousands of years ago that commemorated or celebrated the aspect of being at an afterlife and that this was just a, just a, a journey for us to learn so we could be better for the next dispensation of the next uh, 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 aspect of our being, the next life. Fast forward. Now, when you got individuals, now that's a paper in France. For people who don't know their history, France had the most colonial possessions. In other words, they took more land from anybody else in Africa than anybody else did. Now, and so they're going to, so people in France, in this, this French newspaper, are going to say things about people who are not French and who are not the, who are, who are not the mainstream Muslim religion of, of France. So to me, that's racism from the door. If you got to think about the people who are hearing this, they know that France is in control in a lot of countries in Africa, and they prop up the leaders and they uh, are buying up the land and, and, and milking the natural resources. So when these people are hearing that, they're hearing people talk about them who still are still um, doing things in their countries, whether it's Africa or Asia. So they're, they're going to take that more, more as an offense than just a religion. Oh, now you talk about our country and then also our, you know, maybe our genetic. Um, Orientation, because most of us don't look like you, even though not all of us, but 
know, oh, not all the black boys shooters. But, you know, it's kind of an interesting thing, and I think that it's the hypocrisy aspect of it. And, um, of course, I don't necessarily believe that, you know, at the same time, that there should be killing or none of that. But it's, it's, it's interesting that a racist country, in a racist newspaper, I'm going to say racial and, 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 and anti-God and religious thing, and expect that the energy they put out would not be reciprocated by another energy. That's not how it works. But at the same time, you know, we don't want to see people getting killed for no other reason and people being scared to speak up against other people because of um, the violence that they may be doing in the aftermath. But, you know, uh, life goes on and we all try to get it right and make it better. No doubt, no doubt. And um, let me see here. One more little quick story, then I'm going to try to end this on the up moment because... You know, I had to switch stuff up because, like I said, I passed them up with they're like, so, black America sucks, and let's keep it moving. I didn't want to start a show that way. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I think some parts of black America still do suck. <laughs> we can talk about that. Um, new story that popped up on my radar by a few folks today. Um, we all know that folks um, do target practice and whatnot when they go to the gun range and whatnot. And, uh, of course, this would have to be Florida. This story has happened. Um... NBC6 had reported that cops in North Miami Beach were caught using photographs of real people for target practice. And guess who these mugshots were of that were real people? Black American males from, um, black American males from, um, their mugshots. And, um, people found out and naturally were extremely displeased. Florida has a lot of other ethnic groups other than black people. And they're probably going up there. Yeah. Wow. And, and they got this picture of the joint that, uh, how people found the National Guard troops who had went to the shooting range, um, the Medley Firearms Training Center, and went up there. They found bullet riddle targets of black men apparently left by North Miami Beach snipers. So, first and foremost, some of those National Guard troops were like, what the hell is this? But they'd be like, we, let's show these Negroes too, and whatever, on the thing, and, and reported it to people. Um, Sergeant Valerie Bent told NBC that she was a speechless at defining one target was her brother, Woody Dent, who had been arrested and sentenced for four years in jail in 2000 for um, an illegal drag rape that ended up um, killing uh, two people. So, due to the stars aligning at the time, A, you had honest enough regard to so like this and nonsense, and B, this one woman was like doing that target. She's like, so y'all people are shooting at a virtual version of my brother. And, um, you go ahead and, um, look at, um, this situation. And, um, when you hear about, um, targets that are commercially produced, they're computer generated. They are not mugshots of folks, much less um, of a whole bunch of, um, dark skinned Negro mugshots. And, um, as one person on my Facebook said, in all sarcasm, they were like, did they tell them that? Shoot, he has a gun before before they shot him, or whatever have you. Like, it kills me to see stories like this and to have folks at the same token, really throughout the past like few months, to be like, "Wow, y'all are, you know, y'all are trying to act like black folks are victims, or you know, whatever, whatever. Y'all are stressing out too much about it. All those police people and whatever. It's like, you know, of course, all police people are. <laughs> but when you have um, people who do stuff like this, they need to be called out." 
This is a human being. I'm talking to somebody else on the personal. I'm gonna call out myself with my own damn radio set <laughs> and whatnot. And like this is the joint here, and you know, Florida already has a crazy reputation to bring anybody, anybody over there. I don't even know as, as a part of the poor white folk. Like Florida is a crazy state. <laughs> there's a reason why there's literally Florida sections on websites where they're talking about you. And you know. You know, close your Walmart and whatever. You see something like this, it's like, wow. So you really want me to believe that the law enforcement community is on the up and up when they do stuff like this? Okay. But black folks are tripping though when, when people march in the street or, or try to raise the issue that, yeah, some of this law enforcement thing is a little jacked up. There's still racism in this country. We're just not being hung, hung up by trees as easily or whatever have you. Like, this story was a trip, man. And, you know, I don't know, man. We, we got a long way to go. We got a long way to go. And, um, let me see here. Let me try to end this on a little bit of an upper note. I've been on Netflix a lot recently. Um, cable has been kind of pleasant and whatnot because of my entertainment. And when I tried to watch regular TV, I saw Empire. So, yeah, not. Not a big bit of encouragement for um, my, my TV viewing pleasures. Um, ESPN put out The You Part 2 as part of their 30 for 30 series. They talked about, you know, the um, sports folks who won at the University of Miami back in the 80s and 90s. And um, it's pretty damn good. So um, I will highly um, recommend that joint. And whatnot. I think I talked about Black Mirror last time, but I'll reinforce it if you like um, sci-fi things. Even though the endings, I will I will warn you, I'm not going to give away any plot details, because Black Mirror is kind of like the Twilight Zone, but it's more British-y, and it's like a darker times a thousand. And it's not even like a gory series, the majority of it, but the jacket stuff that happens, you're going to be like, you know, you're like, that's effed up. Um, there's six episodes of it on Netflix. Every episode I watched, I was like, holy crap. And I'm not easy to to throw off on certain things in terms of like suspense or horror or whatever. Um, a lot of people have probably already heard about the first episode. I'm not going to give it away. But if you watch the first episode, you're like, that's crazy. The other five are crazy. Like, you're going to like watch those endings. And two of the people are like, wow, humanity ain't working. Damn. That's kind of like your feeling when you watch certain things. And um, they have like certain crowd scenarios or whatever happened. We just been like, wow. <sighs> okay, well that was depressing. I'm going to watch a cartoon now, so I feel better about um, myself and whatnot. Um, you know what? I'll I'll just get the plot synopsis of the first episode. Um, a politician has his daughter kidnapped, and they say that the only way that this politician can get his daughter back is by a certain period of time. He has to go into um, a closed captain studio, and he literally has to steal an animal. He has to steal an animal. And they go through this scenario where they're like, okay, this dude gotta be kidding. This is crazy. And I'm like, wow, they're really not kidding. This shows like all these decisions that people make. And the ending is already crazy. Post credits, it gets even crazier. And then when you see how different people in the country react to this situation, it's like the prime minister or whatever. It, it gets bugged out. Like, you should sit there and watch it and you're like, damn. Well, well, 
on them. I'm like, which depressed British person wrote this story? You know what I'm saying? And then there's like a whole bunch of other stories that get into like little different facets of things. Like one thing was about um, if you can actually record everything that happened in your life and play it back. And that's like a weird that's like a weird story. Um there's, you know, story like there's a whole bunch of stuff in there, but uh, it's cool. Each episode's like about forty something minutes, so it's not like you're just sitting there watching it all day, but literally every ending has something where they're like, wow, humanity is trash. And I don't know, like I said, what's up with these British folks? What's up with humanity is trash? There's a few quote unquote good looking people there, but the majority of humanity who is on some garbage. I'm like, you know, damn, drink some tea and take a nap. This is like horrible. But it's good, it's good sci fi. It's good sci fi. Um, I think um, the B, I think the regular BBC plays it. And um, whatnot. Oh, speaking of the BBC with Netflix, y'all better hurry up and resign that contract by the end of the month. I've been catching up on all types of dope British series um, through Netflix, including um, it is Elder Del Nuco. So that's cool. Yeah, like that's an extremely dope series. Like, like people don't sleep on that. You know, what I'm saying? I know Hulu and um, Netflix had that. Mm-hmm. That's when I was able to sit down with it. I know BBC America shows it every once in a while too, and um, what have you. But yeah, like I don't know, man. Like maybe we're Maybe our TV is just kind of sad here in the United States for the broadcasting, but the BBC be on with um, them various stuff. So, yep, sci-fi, Black Mirror for my sports people or people like documentaries in general. Um, the U Part Two, Thirty for Thirty, and the original that came out like a year or two ago, and um, that was really cool. And um, yeah, man, um, that's about it. Oh, and if you like sarcastic ass cartoons like me, uh, BoJack Horseman is awesome. Give it. A watch. It's actually a bit more touching than you think it would be. Uh, Will Arnett literally plays um, a past his prime actor in the cartoon who literally recorded what he did, of course, or whatever. And I already know this sounds stupid, but it's my opinion, so whatever. And um, he was on the sitcom in the 80s, and then that fell off. And it's talking about like this dude who's kind of like past his prime or whatever, and certain stuff now. And, um, yeah, it's, it's good, that, like, it's funny, but they got some jokes, I'm like, dang, y'all really got a little, little drama thing going on. Like I said, I watched, like, a part of that during, like, a day. And I'm like, how do I get this person doing a random cartoon? So, uh, yeah, like, if you like, 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 little stuff like that, like, you watch, um, um, any of the older folk cartoons, like, um, Archer, um, King of the Hill, um, Bob Burger, stuff like that. But with a teeny bit more pathos and a little more absurd, I think folks will be that. So, um, that's cool. But yeah, man, that's about it. We got a lot of music to get into and um, other things. Glad to be back in the mix for 2015, as always. Right. With our commentary. Don't gotta like everything we see. Don't gotta like anything we see. But if it inspires commentary and thought, we've done our job and we're happy to do so. Thanks to all the music artists who submit music to us each week. Um, and likewise, on that end, we can't necessarily play everything in our span of time, but if your music's up, we're going to get you in the mix eventually, yeah, you know, get folks to nod their head and stop in their feet, so um, it's about time for us to get into the music mix, man, 21st Century Radio, Fusebox Radio Broadcast, make it yep, happen, yep, yep, yep. DJ Fusion, I saw a raw black hawk, we signing off, peace, I'm in raw, no doubt, peace. DJ Fusion. Yeah. Yeah.
massive. Check it out. What is a panther? An animal that kills. I'm like a shark with blood coming out the gills. You can never in your wildest dreams get a piece of this gangsta lean straight from Queens. Strong as liquor to be seen in a limousine. Now you're getting done without Vaseline. Wouldn't bite because your rhymes are fucked out. Made another million so competitors bow. Homeboy, hold on. My rhymes are so strong. Nothing could go wrong. So why do you prolong? Songs that ain't strong. Brother, you did wrong. And got the nerd to have them Star Trek shades on. Huh. You can't handle the whole way. Skin needs lotion. Teeth need Colgate. Wise up, your little burnt up french fry. I'm that type of guy. And I slam you know just like a sumo. Put them in pampers. Leave my drawers in a sample. When I'm through here, need a brand new identity. I'm a scooper girl before you lost your virginity. Your jam is just a dreaming MC scheme. Get crushed by LL Fiend. Something like chaff. Put you in a cast. Bro, your little blood clot boy. You must not know the rep. I keep the MCs. I beat sweet. Play cheap and freak with a sheet. You need technique. Get rid of that yuck mouth smile. Cause brother, you ain't got no style. Keep on. To the reggaeton. Immaculate styles are used to abuse MCs, so light the fuse and spread the news. You lose to the damage of microphone manager, coke crush and bruise and bandage your amateur. That amateur swinging a hammer from a body bag to run and hit the camera. You know, flick it a stiff that shot to get swift, but I'm the wrong brother to dance with. Cause I don't need a partner to swing. Keep your eyes on the Cool J ring. Shooting the kick, but you just don't shoot it right. You couldn't bust a grape in a fruit fight. Couldn't throw a rock in a ghost town. So don't try to play post clown. You know the LL's back in town, and all the wannabe sheriffs is getting shot down. Give me that microphone. I'ma show you the real meaning of the danger zone. Stop dancing, get to walking. Shut your old mouth when young folks are talking. Huh? Your little snake in the grass. You swing a hammer, but you couldn't break a glass. Give me a lighter. Now you cut loose. From that Jerry Curl juice, Cool J is back on the map. And when I see you, I'ma give you a slap. That's right, a little kick for that crap. Cause my old gym teacher ain't supposed to rap. Keep on. Yeah. Fuck it up. I said keep on. Check this out. How dare you stand beside me? A cool, a freeze ICE on your trail, and I'ma cut that ponytail. You're disobedient with the wrong ingredients, but I'ma drink you down over the rocks while I freak on your album cover jocks. You're gonna hear real ill paragraphs soon. I took the cover right home to the bathroom. And the immortal words of LL, hard as hell. Your broad wears it well. She's the reason that your record sold a few copies. But your rhymes are sloppy like Oscar, and you're bound to get dropped and stopped. I ain't Murray the cop. No, am I fearless? But I got a bag of tricks. Mr. Pusher Man, give me a fix so I can show you I'm immune to them romper room tunes. You little hip hop raccoon. I'm not Scarface, but I want more beef. Before you rap, you was a downtown car thief. Working in a parking lot. A brother with a perm deserves to get burned. So tell me how you like your cold cream. On a cone, in a bowl, or in a wet dream. With your TV on channel, buzz. Uncle L, that's so much damage he does. Here's $5. Catch a taxi cab, take your rhymes around the corner to the rap rehab. Keep on to the reggaeton. Yeah, to the reggaeton. I said keep on to the. Just wanna bunk it up a little bit. My man B Rock just walked in the crib. You know what I'm saying? To the reggaeton. Over here at my mom's house, it's cooling out. My man Clash in the house. To the Sipping on his bottles and James premium peace flavored wine cooler. Lounging back. To the reggaeton. Keep on.
mother. Mother. Sweeter than vanilla Tell these haters be the Kent Jackson thriller I'm the dick that you see when you in the mirror Say my name five times, this what I deliver This some of them nigga of nuke that I'm dropping The world in my pocket, nuke you out your continent Always drop hot as shit, Toronto flow keep constant And I won't stop till I reach Christ conscious Let them know we are here and ain't going nowhere. The 
man, they start treating us fair. Those who agree throw a fist in the air. Wake them up, make them all aware. We want the hands of a dying breeze supplying a need to put dignity where it's supposed to be. For us to be girl, essence of energy in the industry. Counteract the pornographic imagery effectively. Exposing the motives of the beast. Currently controlling these corporate entities. Blatantly attacking the female psyche. Season for completely misrepresenting me. On the net, food to screens and magazines. Not cool to be viewed as a piece of meat. Exploiting any lady with low self-esteem. A false depiction of what femininity be. Yeah, I mean, seriously, dope. What the video vixen betrays off the hook majority of the time. I respect the grind. But the question in my mind is who decides when when to draw the line. Hip-hop chicks been eclipsed and downsized. Forced to believe we not relevant to the times. Powers that be promoting just one side. But our presence worldwide is of various kinds. And ain't going nowhere. It's our turn, we coming for our share. Studio stays to the business affairs. It's time to set the record straight and let them know we are here. And ain't going nowhere. The man they start treating us fair. Those who agree throw a fist in the air. Wake them up, make them all aware. We are here. And ain't going nowhere. It's our turn, we coming for our share. Stay to the business affairs Whatever route we got to go to get it, we're prepared Logical approach, start a network up in here Since it's driven numbers, time we unified our peers See the void filled in the gap, buck stop stare Watch our own backs, chivalry is dead Break the bread on the norm, keep the bond real strong Won't allow no loose links, any shape or form Our movement is formed, aggressively going forward Reason is because we will not be ignored J Fusion. Trains and automobiles. 
automobiles, I'm John Candy, y'all just can't stand me, I make them feel ridiculous, picking apart they postures, put together meticulously awful, in the air hostile, the fingernails, watch them, sit and stare, box them, if I gotta, panic is the fashion, I arrow to the action, pipe piper through all types of sh- types like me, y'all ain't f***ing with Struck by lightning with a hand in the sand. Came to with a fist fused in glass. Closed the circuit, skull full of white light. Mouth full of ash, sparks in the pavement, dragging the chain. Anchors off, man, lost it again. Steady on, gotta push through the rain. Weather in the vein, came for this, trained for this. Made, made, made for this. Pray they miss duck. Duck, great duck gets up and running. Rest fall back like a bridge in London. Brand new bricks, I never touch it. Man, y'all spin move, you're doing too much. Rental car, trip cigar. I'm just laughing why that whole thing blow up. Looking like I'm Joe Noah. Black mastic, your gas money. My name is Sims, but call me David Lynch. I make them act funny. I ain't afraid to change lines, state, date, or face. I'm option two when you skate or die and still survive on them baselines. At least for the next eight months. Then I change up like it ain't much. You do the Roger Rabbit and shape up. Still blabbing about some brain up vision. MM, they've been great. Duck risen. Nape, nape, giving way subliminal. Class one criminal. Trying to make my stance more pivotal. See what is left is suspect. The Pepsi Gen went crystal, crystal punk like dad. Scream rappers dead. I laugh until I lost my chill. I'm really real. Half built to spill. Half kill at will. Half shark and I get it and my Philly failed. Mill City kid in the field. Pretty in the blood. Proof in the track, 50 in the take, on it like a Mack truck, roll with a ton on my back, put it back up fast. Go get it, or go with that. You go with nowhere, run that shit into the ground. Go get it, or go with that. We go for broke, and run that shit into the ground. Right now, it's a legendary DJ Marley Marl. You're on the fuse box. You know how we get down.
You are now listening to Fusebox Radio.
DJ Fusion.
now listening to Fusebox Radio with DJ Fusion.
and gentlemen, Fusebox Radio Show. Yeah, yeah. Did you see these guys trying to get through this flesh, making this way to my heart, wanting to destroy what's left? What you saw was it the start? Of destruction at its best Is that why you appeared? Cause of what you felt Cause I could feel your love It's pulling me back Brick by brick Your love is building me up Your strength's so perfect Look at 
walk down to Leo, boy, with anything But I'm strong I'm still missing pieces after everything But I'm strong Can't believe it cause she said she never leave But I'm strong But if she never left, I would have never seen That I'm strong Nappy Grand is in the building.
here on the fuse box radio
right here on the Fuse Box Radio. Search of a life. 
much of a lie
Yo, the nappy grand is in the building. Yeah. 
Hey yo, the nappy grand is in the building Coming at you once again Yeah, uh-huh It's the one and only Yeah The female Mac, yeah
the streets and a freak in the bedroom That's me That's me Yeah, yeah She ain't gon' do what I do A big girl thing walking mile in my shoes Cause can't nobody, ain't nobody ever gonna do it like me And boy, I can give you
What's up, London? How y'all feel today? Yeah. Swap it, do, 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 do,
called Simon Says It's what I do, what I do, and what I did He got to do what I did I said, we gonna play a game called Simon Says And when I do what I do, we gotta do it too Roy, are you ready for me now? Say da 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 da
time we have tonight. Join us next time. Good night.